just hop that bed, grab the fresh white tea, no grass can't get God catch my dreams. Nothing less can arrest till I bless my team. I'm making my move like a king. God check my peace. At my crib, sitting on a thousand fresh white teas. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's me. It just might be Superman when I fly. No COVID nineteen had the mask and the gloves before COVID nineteen. <laughs> no long, but I get up, get up, give thanks when I look up. Ups and setups. I done come too far just to give up. Huh. I burned my ships in the river. Now I ain't got no choice but to deliver. Welcome to the psychology of a winner. Sensei, nigga, master splinter. Huh. So any defeatist is temporary. I'm the composition, ain't no obituaries. I get lost in the music, it's very scary. But I only goes on that Mary Mary. Chicks love my voice, cause it's very airy. I done lived the game like my business dairy. Was a young kid, 23rd and cherry. Trying to learn to hustle, making money barely. Sheesh. Back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with a returning guest. Uh, he was on the podcast pre-COVID and recently over Zoom to promote his new single, Clean. And they just dropped the Clean music video, so I'm excited to talk to him about that and honestly just catch up. I'm here with B-Boy Fidget. Hey. And we did it. So let's get into the music video, man. So you released the song. How many months ago did you release this song? Three to four months ago. And then you just dropped the music video two weeks ago? Not yeah, too far long ago. Yeah, yeah not too long ago. Mm-hmm. So when did you shoot the music video? Um, the music video was a process. Um, mm. And um, and so we, we kind of shot it um, different times, you know? Um, we we had we had one incident where we had like a drone camera shot that we were going to do and the drone then end up hitting the wall <laughs> and then had to get new propellers for the drone it, it was just like a whole bunch of stuff that you know little little things that nobody knows unless you're in it but um so the whole process probably took like a month and a half two months just to shoot the video from oh. start to finish wow. um from editing and stuff but it i mean any i would say anything worth having is worth waiting for yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's a good video and it's out now on YouTube. Shout out to my dude Noby. Shout out to Digital Beats, the digital. Yes, you know? sir. Mm-hmm. And whose single is it under? Um, I think well, right now, like if you go on Spotify, it's under Noby, okay. you know. But um I think we're gonna kinda cross promote it because we both have different projects that um we're coming out with and and just to actively give the song a little more oomph. Um, and rejuvenate it. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna put it on my project as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it seems like you guys kind of brought out a. I feel like you have to really think about it, but I feel like Nobi's I feel is kind of like a grittier artist. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's a brighter song for him. Do you think you guys brought that out of him, or like who came up with the idea for Clean in the first place? So um, shout out to the digital because um, we've been working on um, a project together for about the last year, and it was just one of those situations where, to be honest, like I hadn't heard too much from Nobi. Um, I, I knew about his reputation in the scene and that he was a dope artist, but I really hadn't got to dive into his music. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew from digital because I I'd heard stuff that they had worked on. So I didn't know he was a, a darker artist. All I knew was that track that, you know, I, I, he played the track. He played a little bit of Nobi on the track and the song was unfinished. Mm-hmm. So um, the track really moved me. And so... Um, I went ahead and just laid down my verse and without Noby even knowing, just 
with the hopes that he was going to like what where it was going mm -hmm. and he did and it just kind of came together that way but i feel like a lot of times as an artist you um you i i feel like a good artist kind of does flow like water and you let the beat and the environment tell you what to do and so Noby's a great artist i like to put myself in that category as well and so the beat is just happy the right. beat just feels it makes you smile even with no words and so i feel like the beat really brought that out of him more than me mm. you know but um but um it was a it was an easy it was a no-brainer where to go with the song because it's just how the the vibe and the feeling of the beat yeah you know? dude it's dope ivan youtube's been like recommending your music to me lately because you do all these crazy like remixes actually that I've been finding. My favorite one is the what's it called? The Little Wayne is it the one? I'm the one or what's it called with Drake, Little Wayne, Rick Ross? Oh, is it called I'm the one or something like that? It's like I don't Little know. Wayne's like I'm about to go Andre the Giant. Oh, you a sellout. Okay, I'm not <laughs> you know it's crazy, man. Like I come from the era of like mixtapes being bigger than albums right you know what i'm saying and so technically like me as an artist i have like i have like a good 10 mixtapes out there and only like two albums um because that's just i don't know just i just have fun uh doing it and that's just kind of what i grew up on and so yeah if you if you look online you'll find a lot of remixes from me but not as much stuff on spotify and stuff but um i think it is just always uh a part of hip-hop to be able to take something and make it yours you know whether it's you're taking a record and you're sampling it and making it into a beat mm -hmm. or or you just have something to prove as an artist and you're like you know what i'm gonna take this track from this artist and i'm gonna rip it harder than them and i'm gonna make my remix so hot that when you hear it you're gonna think of me next time right you know what i'm saying so i love i i always have appreciation for um the mixtape game for sure. How do you feel about like mixtapes being commercial now, basically? Like mixtapes are just albums now. I, I wasn't a fan of that transition, to be honest, but I get it. And um, and so it is what it is. I mean, nothing stays the same. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, But um, and also just from like a monetary standpoint, like, you know, you really are when you do mixtapes, you're really doing it for the fans because like you're not going to get a check for that. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, like especially like on YouTube where like your stuff will get taken down easily if you don't even put it up the right way because you're, you are taking somebody else's property. But, um, but that's what's so street about it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why, you know, like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it and maybe I'll rock it at a show or whatever. Or even you just bringing it up right now is validation and just, it makes me feel good. Like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna do some more mixtape stuff. The algorithm, man. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. your SoundCloud, your SoundCloud is like packed with like little remixes and things mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like your, who you've been collaborating with has changed since COVID? I never put a lot of thought into collaborations. It's more just like I'm big on energy, hmm. you know. And so when I, when people come into my life, however they come in, if I vibe with their energy, um, then I'll do something. And I'm, I've never been the type of person to like, uh, like how I say it. so just period in or outside of music um I always I always give everybody like say you start off with 100 points okay. and what you do after that I deduct points you know what I'm saying um but but basically you know you could come to me as a new artist and we might not we might not have a, a big relationship with each other but I'll still I'll still give you a chance and 
we'll see where it goes because I think that's uh that's always the best way is like you you know just to not be a know-it-all and to always be a student of the game you right. know because when I when I first interviewed you Jesus that was almost two years ago it was actually March I just looked it up March 9th 2020 so that was a few days before <laughs> yeah the pandemic I saw you had like singles with like Emmanuel Brown and now it seems like more of a switch to like the Nobi artists which is there's I love Emmanuel Brown, but I feel like that's a huge jump from because he's still up and coming, and no, Nobi's still up and coming. But mm -hmm. I feel like Nobi more has more of a like a wave behind him. Mm -hmm. Is that purposeful at all, though? Or no, I, I mean not at all. Um, like if anything, once again, shout out to the digital because like we're both working with the same producer, you know, right. and and so it's just one of those things where we cross paths unintentionally you know on a daily basis sometimes and it's just like of course we're gonna do something you yeah. know and just see what happens and so um yeah there was no thought put into this uh, <laughs> that's dope, and shout out to emmanuel brown too you know what i'm saying because uh yeah that's my guy there we go yeah and i didn't realize like how hard you push your clothing brand because i when i did the carter wilson's unalalia it's like a I don't know if you know much about Unilalia yet, mm -mm. but Unilalia is such a hard word to say. It's like Carter Wilson's take on a movement as well as like a concert series, as well as like a thought process, as far as like a way of thinking. It's like so many things wrapped up into one and he's trying to like break it down by like doing these like concert venue things and like he did the throw was it was that throwbacks northwest mm -hmm. event like a week or two ago yeah and i saw you out there promoting your clothes there yeah so how did you make that connection with throwbacks northwest oh man it's crazy man shout out to rio the owner i've known him for a long time and um so way way back um when i was first really just even learning how to record and do everything i was working out of this studio called the pharmacy with a legendary rapper and producer named vitamin d oh yeah and and, and and he's the one who really taught me the ins and outs of production you know knowing how to count my bars you know what i'm saying just everything right and so and so rio was um around vitamin he'd always be at the studio because he has a lot of roots in music as well and so you know fast forward i, I go to atlanta for 10 years i come back and i go on throwbacks and he's like yeah this is my store and i'm like oh wow okay and so, you know, we always had that connection and that, that vibe from music. And so um, when he found out I was in clothing as well um, and that we were both, you know, still walking in that same path and making money off our passion, just off the hip hop culture in general, it was like, man, we got to do something. There's too much history not to do anything. So we actually have a collaboration T-shirt that's in throwbacks right now. Ooh. And it's exclusively there. Um, it's It's been selling like hotcakes. Actually, like I got a... Um, uh, randomly last week I, I caught a pic of Travis Thompson rocking it oh shit yeah yeah so it's it's cool it's it's all organic it was just like yo like how do we how do we help each other out mm -hmm. and that's that's really should be the start of everything it's like okay you got this I got that let's put it together and make it a whole meal that's crazy like so it, it's all about I guess it comes down to just connections at the end of the day you know and, and making yourself open to the thought of connecting with people because I think a lot of times people are so caught up on themselves and whatever they're doing that they never take a step back and be like, how can I help somebody else as opposed to 
hmm, this person's doing this. I know he could help me. You know what I'm saying? But I, I always move like, I always move like, how can I help? You know what I'm saying? And I think that actually gets me farther in the long run. You I know? think so too. Yeah. Like I, not to toot my own, own horn about like the podcast stuff, but like one of my guests, Cole Campbell, mm-hmm. he's like new, I think he's out of Kent, totally new artist, hasn't done any shows or anything. And then Carter Wilson was just looking through my catalog and was like, oh, I like Cole Campbell. And then- me helping Cole Campo ended up helping him even more than just the podcast. Exactly. Like, it's all about making this cool community. And I I think I've always expressed the importance of a community, but I feel like with this COVID thing and how I thought COVID was going to go, because I was very, I think I was very um, naive in an optimistic way about how COVID was going to shape things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it COVID has not turned out how I thought it was going to be. Of course, it's a pandemic, but I was just kind of naive on how I thought about it. So I think it's very important to, like, you know, do these, do interviews in person again while yeah. we still can and, like, make this community. And it's it's crazy that you're the, you're one of the, I've only done, like, under 10 um, interviews, like, a second time around. So I'm excited to. Well, I'm blessed. <laughs> blessed, to, blessed to be in that category. So tell me how F-Rock, it's F-Rock, right? Yes. How it even got started. So uh, I'm the founder of the Fraggle Rock crew, which is a a breakdance crew. We've been around for a good minute. And um, and shout out to Massa Monkey, Circle of Fire, all the other b-boy crews that really helped to shape that dance culture in Seattle. And we're right there. We're right there up with them. And so... um, you know we're big in the we're big in the dance community as far as our clothing line that's kind of like the original element that um that we decided to branch out in um and it all started from us doing shows as a collective and always having custom clothes when we did our shows and building up a demand people would say i like that shirt you know after the shows and so we started doing limited runs of things mm-hmm. and kept putting all the money back in to what we were doing for like 10 years to the point where we have our own print shop now frockprinting.com and so we do not only do we do printing for a lot of other up-and-coming brands and stuff like that we um we're, we're a clothing line as well and um so yeah frock clothing man it's uh, it, it really was also one of those things that um couldn't 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 have saw it coming it was just i'm i'm i've always been big off trying to make money off of things that i like right you know and i feel like that's that's uh that's always something that makes me happy and 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 that's what life is about is about being happy so and as things progress like you know you you find different things you like so i branch out into different stuff but clothing music you know those are those are things that are consistent and um one hand washes the other pretty well Mm -hmm. so and did that come out of covid like were you able to get the screen printing things we've been we've been doing screen printing for over 10 years oh shit. so 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 this is not like a COVID thing at all it, it was um it was it, it's just been like an incremental process wow. and it's kind of like one of those things where it's like if you know you know and if you don't you find out um because um even the way that we promote our screen printing business is like it's all word of mouth like we do we do good work somebody else hits us up we're not like blasting our stuff on instagram because really we started we started to um 
to do it because we just wanted to be able to create clothing at a cheaper rate, <laughs> you know, and also to have more flexibility because when you're paying somebody else to do your clothes all the time, it's a big investment. And to get a good rate, you have to do a lot of shirts. And then let's say that shirt's not the one. Right. Then you're stuck with all these shirts. Oh, right. Man. And that that happened to us. And so we learned through trial and error. We we're like, you know what? The best way to do this is we need to be able to be in a position where we can test market, do small runs of things and have a good rate so we can capitalize off of it. So we really did everything for us. Um, but then back to the giving. Right. Who are we to once we have the resource, who are we to uh, just tuck it, you know? Um, and um, and also it was just a great way to a great way to make money too just because um let's be real everyone doesn't have to buy your clothes but when you can start to be a man of service and provide services for other people then you put yourself in a whole different category for sure you know can you break down the the limited runs because i know we were talking about it with digital a little bit outside of the studio but i think that's kind of a important thing for up and coming clothing lines to learn about so the cool thing about limited runs is like for the customer they're excited because they're already a fan of what you're doing and they feel connected to have something that everybody doesn't have right but for the artist it's great because you're not stuck with a whole bunch of shirts and you can you can do this with a with a short limited investment like you're not putting in a whole bunch of money you're just doing 25 50 shirts and then they're gone and then you got this money after you sold those and you can decide what your next move is and that's kind of the way the game is going now it's like people aren't coming out with whole lines of clothes they're they're coming out with products and then they promote that one product until it does well or you just test the market and um and so it works good because, like I said, like, yeah, your, your your customer fan base is happy because they're going to the club in a shirt that they know that they're not going to see somebody else in. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're happy because you got money in your pocket and you didn't spend all your money off of one T-shirt design. And you can pivot and figure out what your next move is a little better, you know. So even for me, I'm still wondering about if I ever want to do like NAST merch or anything. How much money does someone need to start out with to even start any type of merch um i mean really not that much man um so i mean if you were for instance we would love to help you out with your merch first of all and if you were interested our limited or our uh our uh, minimum quantity is 30 shirts and it'll run you if it's just one color it'll run you about six to seven dollars around there with the shirt included oh wow and so um you know, I mean, for for two hundred bucks, you're in the game, basically. You know, what I'm saying it's like around there, you're you you could be you could be in the game and and have some shirts to give away. You sell, the cool thing is you're selling a shirt for twenty to twenty five bucks, something like that. You don't gotta sell that many to make your money back. Oh. Um, and so and so that's the that's the that's the the greatest thing about it is that if you do it right, you don't have to be the biggest clothing line. You could just eat and make a good living just off of you know your fan base mm -hmm. you know when people are making like shirts is there a type of material they prefer like whether it's Hanes or yeah I think Gildan is a good um as a good brand they also bought American Apparel recently oh, okay. um that's so dope. um so yeah I think that's that's a that's always a go-to but it really just depends. There's a lot of cool T-shirt companies out there that are making awesome stuff. And then each brand, too, always has their upscale 
and their normal tea, you know. Mm. Are you, so is, is Gildan like the ones where it's like kind of like athletic wear a little bit? Like what, what type of material it, is that? And then also you got to realize it's branding just like anything else. So one T-shirt's really not always better than another. Okay. Um, it, it's just like the brand that you build up for yourself and Gildan has a good reputation. Um, so when you're dealing with t-shirts you're dealing with ounces of cotton and so like if you ever get like a like american apparel is like a nine ounce cotton shirt so that's like really nice kind of silky form fitting Mm. so and i think it goes up to like 10 ounces right it's like the best so so when you're talking about um the best quality shirts um you would you would want to get any shirt that's around eight to eight to nine ounce cotton and it just fit form fits really well when i was uh when I was Triple H Nast, hottest hip hop news and sneaker time, <laughs> when I first started, I uh, went to, it was an event Carter threw. Carter's actually so good at throwing events, it's kind of crazy. And it's like, whether there's a lot of people or not, like you feel really close with everyone that's there. And um, I didn't have that much money, but I was trying to show off and be like, my podcast is a real thing, so I'm gonna go get some shirts. Just one for me and one for my friend. And they weren't even good shirts. And they each ran us like, it was like a hundred dollars to get two shirts, <laughs> and it said like staff on the back, and then like Triple H NAS on the front. And that's it. And we went to oh, the shit. mall. Yes, yeah, it yeah. Was yeah. Sound Center Mall. Yeah, the mall. The mall is notorious for that, um, because you're not dealing in quantity, and also it's the the different type of. Um, process that i mean there's so many different processes when it comes to shirts like we specialize in screen printing but you could do direct to garment which is like something where you can have as many colors as you want on a shirt uh you could do like a vinyl letter type thing where it's more like they press it on they heat press it on which is what they do a lot at the mall Mm -hmm. but um yeah they're gonna mark it up at the mall mostly because you're not buying in quantity Mm. Mm -hmm. do you have any um tips on if you have like a graphic on your shirt how to make it not like I think this is yeah this is cracked all crackled like how do you prevent graphics from getting all crackled and like the dryer or the washing machine cold water hang dry oh you got to hang dry them, huh? cold water hang dry mm-hmm. I never do that yeah most people don't the heat the heat is what does that over time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so how do you decide what your graphics are gonna be for like your bags like you got your F rock bag over there or shirts <sighs> um follow my heart <laughs> nah um shout out to my business partner tim uomoto aka b-boy tim chips um and um you know we powwow you know i run ideas by by him he might have an idea he runs it by me and then we just test it out and try it and if it doesn't work got a thousand ideas and how do you feel comfortable enough like as if you're an up-and-coming what do you say clothing line owner is that the what's the right word for it? i'm learning all these there's like videographers there's artists, there's producers. Like, what's a clothing line person called? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're a clothing line owner, like, what mindset do you have to be? Because I feel like I'm, I'm so, I'm so, I, I help people out so much. Sometimes I feel like awkward charging people, right? So like, how do you go about charging friends or family even? Just give them a little discount. Mm. But you know, the thing is, is like, you got to charge people because you never want to devalue yourself or your brand and and when people know you too well or or you get they get used to getting stuff for free it's hard to ever get them to pay what you're worth for something so first of all you you establish that this is the rate 
but because you're my friend, mm. <laughs> I'm gonna do it for you for this price and make them feel special because of that. Um, you know, but um, if they really mess with you and they care about you, they shouldn't have a problem paying anyway. Oh, that's a good point. Then it's like, you're not really my friend. Right. <laughs> I think that relates to concert venues too. Um, I don't know if you were in their room when I was at, I feel like me and the digital have been like, we've only been collaborating for like, oh, maybe a month now, but it seems like every big thing that's happened so far, me and him have been talking about some shit or another. So I don't know who's been in the room or not, but this one guy came into the studio you may have been there, you may have not been. And he was talking about how it's important for artists to stop going to shows for free to see the, their friends. How do you feel about that? Because I guess that can kind of relate to just giving your friends free shirts all the time. Yeah, it's the same thing, man. It's like the best way to support somebody is to, you know, it, it, it's something that's not a hobby that you're taking seriously, that you, you're, you're trying to make your you're you know you're trying to quit your day job and you want it to be your main thing you can't do that without the support of the community and um and so yeah if if it's a show if it's a shirt whatever it is man yeah you gotta you gotta attract that support and find the people that want to support you but don't push it on them if they don't want to then there's a thousand you know there's tons of people out there that'll mess with you right and what do you think makes you stand out as an artist here in the seattle music scene or even atlanta um I think that um I think that my time in Atlanta and in Seattle um just being able to take little jewels from different places I've been um also just different elements of hip hop from production to rapping to being a studio owner having a clothing line the print shop I learn from everything that I that I do and I mix it all together into hip hop gumbo. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, it just, um, like for instance, everything I'm doing with merch just, or you know, clothing just helps me as an artist to be able to um, understand how to sell things, right. how to sell myself, how to sell merchandise. Um, you know, just, it's like every day, every day is a lesson. Um, and, but sometimes you just don't, retain it but i think that um you know i have certain puzzle pieces that are put together that other people don't um not to toot my own horn but yeah that's that's what makes me special i think that's what makes everybody special we're not just, we're not just gonna talk about me <laughs> what makes everybody special is that is the things that you go through right you know it makes you who you are right so how'd you meet vitamin d because that's actually a pretty dope connection i know i think blake anthony has worked with vitamin d too yeah so Shout out to Vitamin. Um, so me and Vitamin D's brother, um, Unorthodox, he's a producer as well. He doesn't live in Seattle anymore, I don't believe. But we used to produce together way back in the day. And um, and this is when Vitamin Studio was at like his mom's house in the basement. So just because I was linked up with his brother, we had access to the equipment, mm. you know, and and we would just go down there and and do and do our thing and so um it just it just formulated like that i grew up in the central district same as vitamin so we just mo moved in a lot of the same circles and um and it, it yeah i can't even it, it was nothing planned out you know it's just it's just that good old cd so in the heart of seattle what i also realized is like nirvana they're from freaking aberdeen so they weren't even really 
in the roots of Seattle until mm-hmm. they kind of got bigger. So growing up like in Seattle, do you think there was always like a hip hop element? Because you did, you were a b boy, so you must have always been like influenced by hip hop. Yeah, I think Seattle's always had a dope hip hop scene. Um, I also have two older older brothers that, um, you know, they're older than me, so like they were breaking like in the eighties, mm-hmm. and you know, rapping, doing different stuff. So they taught me a lot of a lot of stuff. I had older. I've always had. I've always been like an old soul because I always kicked it with older people and learned from older people. Um, and so, yeah, for hip hop in general, um, I, I I would say my brothers kind of put me onto it. And then once I figured out what was up with it, I started actively trying to seek it out. You know, find out where where it was going on. You do you know? think dancing's still big in hip hop? I do, but I feel like I feel like they're um, separate entities, mm-hmm. like. Um, dancing's dancing and dancing's always going to be attractive and big and and people will always dance to hip-hop music but as far as people putting it together and realizing that all of these elements together is what makes hip-hop i feel like there there is a disconnect there you know that's why i always try to um include it in my shows and and have have background dancers come out it's kind of like the icing on the cake um just to you know just to just to add that that piece of um history Ooh, and how do you find background dancers and do you like do rehearsals with them at all of course and the great thing is that but the background dancers are just my crew i've been dancing with for so long so it's like one of the reasons i i wanted to uh take this hip-hop thing to the next level with rap is because i always felt like street dancers got the short end of the stick Mm. um and were undervalued underpaid way underpaid compared to rappers you know so um so i always had it in my head that if i was ever to get on that level that i would i would take my people with me you know and what's the peak level for like a street dancer do they want to be doing like super bowl performances well the cool thing is now because of all the work that we've put in and all the b-boys around the world have put in um we're getting that respect like b-boying is going to be in the the Olympics, really? Yeah, it's a, it's shit. official. It's gonna be in the next Olympic Games, and they're already doing like little pre-trial stuff or whatever. But um, so now we're legitimized, you know. Um, I mean, hip hop just makes too much money to for you to ignore. Right. Um, and uh, everything we do becomes history, pop culture. Mm-hmm. Everyone takes a bite out of it and does what they want to do. So it's it's only right that we retain some of the the royalties you know and then how do you tell if someone's a good break dancer or not like from the outside me not knowing how to dance at all i think anyone that can go like is dope. i think confidence <laughs> is a big thing i think um knowing your foundation is a big thing too like there's like um you know i had a conversation with one of my friends the other day and i was like you know the cool thing about art is like Whenever somebody makes something look easy, that's hard. When they, or whenever someone makes something look effortless, yeah. you can tell that person's good at what they do. True. You know, so like I think that's what it really breaks down to is like anyone who could make something look easy. Like you see somebody like dunking or doing something. Like you might not be into basketball, but you're like, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so there's definitely that factor there with 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 break dancing, like um. It's all about originality. Like um, one of the greatest things is having your own moves. Um, you, you have moves that everyone does, and then you create your own special moves. And so, 
with that in itself makes it hard to know what's good and what's not because you there's certain people where you're only going to see one thing from you know that person and that's it mm-hmm. um and if somebody else does it it's called biting so <laughs> so um so but the confidence you have um you know practice is just something that you you can tell man cuz it, it it's it's something that is like muscle memory it's effortless and and i love to see people in their element um doing what they do effortlessly do you have a special move you can show us right now like do you have a nope oh. <laughs> but does each like does each b-boy have like a move no one else can do and they're like oh shit he's about to bring out the thunderbird special yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, yeah shit. yeah yeah i would say so um i would say the best ones do then how do you, but how can you like in the olympics or even like dance competitions how can you like judge or rate b-boying because it's an art form so how can you oh, oh, oh here's a perfect example though okay so like uh, there's a move called flair um it's in the it's in the olympics for gymnastics okay. but the the real term is correct me if i'm wrong but i'm almost positive it's the john thomas flair because that's the person who invented the move mm. okay so sometimes even in gymnastics people are innovating inventing moves you name it maybe later on it becomes foundation it becomes something that everybody does um but there's always an inventor yeah you know and 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 so it's just about pushing it taking it to the next level and if you're the person that take it to the next level with that move you name it and it's yours for a while and then it kind of becomes public domain at some point so those videos i'm seeing like on instagram or tiktok where like like is that b-boying that's popping so when there's like three of those guys and they're all going Mm -hmm. that's popping yeah so so popping popping originated in fresno california b-boying originated in the bronx in new york Mm. um but they both ended up under the categories of hip-hop you know because we started dancing to similar music um but they were created on total you know opposite sides of the country dude so many so many things come out of new york that i'm realizing i'm like that's the mecca It's cool because even hip hop in itself is like you, in New York, you have so many different people that migrated there. And really, hip hop is just a mixture of everybody's culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Down to the dance moves. There's, you know, a little salsa in there. There's a little this, that. And it's um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful that, that, um, that you could take a little bit from everything and mix it up in a way that's new. Yes. You know? Is there ageism in B Boying at all? No, nah, as long as you keep yourself up. And how do you do that? Do you have to like work out and eat right or like Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. I would say um now that especially now that it's a sport, um, or people are realizing it's a sport, um, it's only it's only making things more legit. Like it's like, okay, people are really working out for the Olympics, like they're really mm-hmm. training hard, like 'cause yeah. it's the Olympics. You know? Um, but we always treated big dance competitions like the Olympics. There was just no Olympics, mm-hmm. you know. It's just you always you always put your best foot forward. But I feel like now that there's big money on the line, there's big sponsors behind it. It's like, yeah, man, you better be in the gym. You better keep yourself up. And is rhythm something you can learn, or are you just born with it? I think you can learn it, but I also think that it could be in your DNA as well. So, can you be a b boy but have no rhythm? You can dance to the beat of your own drum. Oh God. But I, <laughs> but um, most b boys have rhythm. And do you still need to like bring out like a mat? Isn't that what they do? 
they just throw them out on oh, the street. Oh yeah, yeah. Like if you box. if you're on the street, yeah, you have like the linoleum kitchen floor type thing, but you don't have to do that because, like I said, like you know, there's big competitions um, where we have nice wooden floors. Ooh. It is the streetwear that that goes hand in hand with b-boying. Yeah, but we have like brands that are just like how you have like skate brands. Oh, you got b-boy brands. Holy shit! Like Efrock Clothing. There we go. Efrock Clothing. Mm-hmm. So, what's the biggest thing that came out of COVID for you? Um. Hmm. It's a great question. You're on top of your game. Um, man, I would say the biggest thing probably was just um, learning how to connect with people without physical interaction so like as an artist not doing shows it's like okay not only is that that bag of money is gone um (laughs) how are you how are you and your fans still want to hear music and and you still want to feel connected to things right so how do you do that and so it's like okay you know let's let's be more online let's 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 do merchandise giveaways and let's do zoom podcast and let's let's figure out let's figure out how to connect and so if anything yeah i just learned more about marketing and connecting without physically being there and what have you learned that you value the most out of like people um i think i value the connection the physical connection more out of people than i did before i don't take it for granted um I try to be more present, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whenever whenever there is a moment, because it's like, you kind of don't know what you got till it's gone, you know? Yeah. So can we get into Splash Fest at all? You know what? We can. It's tentatively supposed to be on August 21st. Is it happening still? That is what I don't know. And that's why I didn't really want to get into it because I need to <laughs> double check because I'm hearing kind of things through the grapevine like it might not. But I'm still training for it. I'm still practicing and acting as if. Um, but I don't want to I don't want to promote it too much until I know. Can I ask, like, how how did you get become part of Splash Fest? Uh, shout out to Marshall from the Marshall Law Band. Um, you know, I try to I try to support everything that I feel like is real and i really like what they're doing as far as putting on other artists creating platforms for themselves to shine as well as other people and so many um so many artists that i know have you know been doing their fremont fridays joining at ltd yeah and so i would go there and and see and you know just be in the crowd you know what i'm saying just 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 as a fan and just be like okay yeah this is cool i like this and peeped it out and then i reached out reached out to him personally on instagram also hit digital up and was like yo i need to get on this man like what's going on um and um and then me and him were just going back and forth you know what i'm saying like i I woke up one morning it was super early and he had shot me a couple messages uh video messages like like yo Yo, this is marshall he does that (laughs) yeah 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 we both look like we just woke up and it was early and i because we're going back and forth on the messages and 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 wait wait wait, one thing that's you do that shit too i forgot i do that b-boys into doing uh the video calls and 
So it was Marshall. So I could, I could just see you guys both just sending videos back to each other. Oh my god, dude, it was crazy. Like I was, I, I was in the, I was in the uh, mirror shaving, <laughs> and he, was, he was like, just woke up out of bed. We're just going back and forth, like basically giving each other our roses, just like, yo, man, like definitely supporting. He's like, yeah, I got this big show at Nemo's, man. I love what you're doing. Yeah, I want you to bring the b boys out. We're definitely gonna get you on some joints and this and that. And it's just like, you know, um. You know, just uh, I think sometimes when you're moving and you're doing stuff, you don't realize that you're making an impact. Mm -hmm. Like, like I didn't know that he knew what I was doing, wow. and and he didn't know that I was in tune to his movement. And so it started off with that camaraderie, and then right after that, it was like, boom! How do we help each other out? What's going on? He's like, well, shoot, I'm pretty booked up with LTD. I don't know if we can get you on a Friday, but we can definitely get you on Splash Fest. So I was like, cool, Splash Fest, let's get yeah. it. That's boom, dope. you know. Has it got your mind working at all on how you could throw your own events during the pandemic and how, like, it's not a, I think Marshall is like the main person, but like, you know, or Carter even, like throwing events outside <clears throat> of these venues. So, um, shout out to Throwbacks. We're going to have a pop-up on August 28th. Mm. Um, and I will be doing a little performance there as well. But um, but I honestly, I, I've, I've thrown a lot of, b-boy events throwing throwing events and one thing i learned just about myself personally is that i'm so in tune to what i'm doing that when i'm when i throw the event i just want to throw the event i don't want to rap right. or i don't want to do anything but just make sure the event goes good and and i don't like to spread myself too thin so honestly as a as a performer I appreciate when there's a platform for me to perform on and all I got to do is sell the tickets, tell people to come out because there's so many other things to worry and think about when it comes to you actually planning and throwing your own show. Right. You know, you got to promote regardless, but promoting an event versus all the ins and outs of throwing an event, two separate things. And I like to keep it separate so I can do the best performance. Yeah. You know, and what makes an event good and what makes an event bad? Uh, I don't really know what makes an event bad. Sometimes it's just the vibe, you know, um, or whatever. Um, I guess most people would say if there's not a lot of people, but I feel like you can still have a great event even if there's not a lot of people. Um, I think what makes an event good is love and mm -hmm. planning, and you can tell when somebody put energy into making it what it is. And that's why maximum energy needs to be put into either the performance or making the event good. Otherwise, me personally, I feel like, like I said, like spread myself too thin and I'm cheating the people of either a great event or a great show. Right. I see you holding your headphones. You keep having different. Every time I see you, you have different hairstyles, which is craziness. I still got the flat top, but I was like, you know, while I have this hair, I might as well just twist it, do something different. Shout out to my um, my barber. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Spaceman. Shout out to, to Nini. You know, she's in Africa right now, so she twisted me up before my birthday. Oh, can you tell me? I am I have the worst luck with finding barbers. I got you. I have the I who do who do you recommend for not just me, just even just if you're white, black, whoever is listening to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dude my dude Spaceman, um, he's he's a great barber, also a dope artist. Um, I mean he's hands down like you know, he's saying he cuts like Macklemore's hair to my hair. Wow. So I mean that right there tells you he can do different hairstyles. Um, uh, Nini's dope with the twist. My my girl Nini. So I I, I have to plug you. Um, I think um, I think uh, Nini's uh, Instagram is the the vicious Nini. So check her out and um, 
and Spaceman is Space Cuts. There so, yeah. And what is a reasonable price for a haircut? I've realized, just even <clears throat> pandemic aside, I've realized how like stingy I am spending money on certain things, and then there's other things I'll just be like, fuck it, I'll spend however much it is. But like for haircuts, I don't have, I haven't had a good haircut. Yeah. Like, I will never go back to like, like torture for me would be going back to like <laughs> great clips or hair masters. Right, like, I'll right. never go there again. So I don't know what an an actual good haircut really is and what a good price for that is even. Um. Yeah, man. It, it depends on what you want to do, but also it's like, it also depends on the person um, because, you know, when they're really great at what they do and they've been doing it for a long time, they deserve to be able to charge a little more, especially if they're doing it independently. Um, so I would say anywhere from 25 to 50 bucks, depending on what you got going on. Mm-hmm. And then tipping's important, I've heard. Yeah, I don't, you know, I try my best, but like <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to tip me over the head with the crazy price, <laughs> don't expect a big tip. Yeah. But I love you. There we go. But you got to make everything, you know what I'm saying? We still, no matter how much, how much, you know, one thing I realized too, no matter if you got money or not, I think people, people just think that people that are in a good situation, like they don't care a lot. But the people that I know that are the most wealthy be the ones who are, they got that way because they. Stingy. <laughs> yeah. And they, and, and they watching every dollar, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, don't get it twisted. Like. Like your hair. Yeah, hey, yeah, don't get it twisted. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're not cheap, but we, we're frugal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it is what it is. But I, I always I always have a good experience, like I said, with my man, the spaceman, and my girl, Nini. So if you need those numbers, we can it can be arranged. Shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is your opinions on the Seattle music scene as it stands right now? I think it's dope. There we go. what is some advice that you have for up-and-coming artists creators influencers be yourself yes be yourself and what does it mean to be yourself it's different for everybody oh um and it may change it's okay it's okay to be one way one year and find out that there's a different part of yourself that you never explored so keep an open mind yeah, I think that's important. Keep an open mind. Yeah. So the video for Clean is out. The single for Clean. Wait, the single Clean is out, mm-hmm. and the video for the single Clean is out. Also, just dropped a new single. It's called The Golden Child. Oh, I just checked it out. I was like, is it? Is that you? It's Baby Me. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. a pacifier and a guitar bigger than me. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Because this is not. I didn't just start doing this. It was, you know what I'm saying? It's in my blood. So. The Golden Child, shout, shout out to my dude, uh, Juanito Jones. He produced the beat. He's in New York. Um, that's also on all music platforms right now as well. Video yeah. coming soon. Gemma, Gemma's shooting the video. Oh, shout out Gemma. Gemma yeah. was just on the podcast. She's I know. A, if you're looking to create any uh, or have your singles or whatever, make if you need a music video, basically, mm-hmm. go to Gemma. Yes, sir. What is the easiest way for people to reach you, B-Boy? At B Boy Fidget, B B O Y F I D G E T. And that's pretty much across all platforms. There we go. This is the NAS podcast with B Boy Fidget.